Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of The Shoe with Shipping Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your routine. Always appreciate it. You can follow me on social media at Shuki Writes on Twitter as at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. Instagram at Radio underscore. That's at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O underscore. Follow me on social media. And as always, this program is available on iHeartRadio to listen on demand. This week's edition of the show with Shipping Rights Pacifica Radio Network is going to be loaded. And this particular segment is something that has been really eating at me these last few days. And I have been a big proponent of talking about mental illness and mental health and that it's okay to say no. And for those who have been following and been paying very close attention to Simone Biles and her story regarding why she had stepped away from partaking in the individual um, competition in gymnastics at the Tokyo Olympics. I would say, please show some empathy because some of the things that I've seen on social media has been nothing short of absolutely disheartening, disgusting, and disgraceful. And frankly, the fact that she's even receiving any sort of criticism for this is absolutely asinine. And the worst part of it all is that most of the the criticism has been coming from people who have never, ever participated in gymnastics in any shape and form. And it really is a shame because here we are again. We are prioritizing performance of the athlete over their well-being. We don't care about their well-being. We just want you to perform for my pleasure in entertainment. And that part of it all makes me absolutely sick. This is so deep on so many levels that I think that this warrants a very lengthy conversation. Because number one, because this has everything to do with Simone Biles. I just want you, the listener, to understand that this is not me diverting from the main topic of conversation. But this really begs the question, how do we view athletes in today's world? Do we view them as human beings or do we view them as some sort of robotic individuals who are just there to do one task? and one task only, and they don't have anything else going on in their lives outside of the sport that they play in or anything else that they participate in. And I think it's, quite frankly, unfair. I wonder this. Do we view Simone Biles in the same limelight as a Michael Phelps? Do we? Because we know that Michael Phelps is the greatest swimmer of all time. That's undisputed. This is why I say Simone Giles is the greatest gymnast of all time. That's not even up for debate. That's, a, that's just a fact. And with that being said, Michael Phelps was applauded for when he talked about his battle with mental health, with mental illness, and so forth. Simone Biles, for the simple fact that she said, I can't do this. 
I'm not in the headspace to do this is getting blasted left and right on social media. And I'm like, why? I like to sincerely understand why is she being criticized the way that she is? And the fact that she's even being criticized at all is, is complete BS if you ask me. And yes, I know I'm using a little bit of strong language, but I didn't use any profanity on this program. I understand this is this program is for a Radio Pacifica, Pacifica Radio Network. But this, in this particular moment, warrants that type of strong language. Because I am truly sick and tired of seeing women of color. Because Simone Giles is now another example of a woman of color who decided to use mental health as a, as a priority and say that, hey, I can't do this. Yet she got completely lambasted for it. Who was the other one? Naomi Osaka. It wasn't that long ago. In fact, it was just about a month and a half, almost two months ago, when she withdrew from the tournament that she was playing in because she was still battling with bouts of depression. And I wonder, what do those two have in common? Yes, they're both women of color. And of course, I know I'm going to get the reactions on social media. What does race have to do with it? Yes, race has everything to do with it. Because every single time that a woman of color have gone out and took a stand for herself, for whatever reason that may be, she receives blowback. She gets criticized. She gets looked upon as, ew, no, 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 no. How dare you? And I'm tired of it. I'm genuinely tired of it. Simone Biles does not owe anybody an explanation as for why she decided that she could not participate and withdrew herself from the tournament. She doesn't owe me an explanation. She doesn't owe anyone in the world an explanation. Her accomplishments alone speaks volumes. As, to, as for why she is the best to ever do what she does and that she has every right as a human being to put her mental health and well-being first. Simone Biles isn't crazy. She isn't selfish. She did not embarrass the country as so many people have said on social media. Well, she embarrassed the United States of America. B.S. She did not embarrass 330 million people in this country. She did not embarrass the flag. What she did, which takes guts and courage to do, is stand up for herself. And if that makes her a bad person, then there is something severely wrong with us as a society and as a country, especially when it comes to dealing with the stigma that is mental health. It makes me so mad thinking about it on a multitude of levels. I look at Simone Biles and I saw the press conference that she partook in after the news broke that she was pulling herself, withdrawing herself from the tournament. And I said, you know, hmm, I want to hear what she has to say. But my first thought was it was not 
what she was going to say during the press conference. Ironically enough, to tell you the truth, my first concern was the reaction on social media. How are they going to react? And my worst fears came to reality. The reactions were not good at all. At all. I saw people, I saw tweets saying, well, Michael Jordan would never. Well, how, how the heck would you know what another person would do if that person had been dealing with what Simone Giles has been dealing with? How do you know? How do you know that someone else may or may not have been able to deal with it in the same manner and the same way and the same courage that it took for them to be open and, be, and to be transparent? You know something? Joy Taylor of Fox Sports 1 really said it best in her tweet. I want to paraphrase her tweet. In fact, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to read to you the tweet of what she said. Joy Taylor tweeted, quote, And y'all have the audacity to wonder why people don't ask for help or speak up about their trauma. I know for damn sure I'm not sharing my whole truth with this trash internet. Y'all don't deserve the vulnerability and transparency that you get from these athletes, unquote. She's right. She's right. Because the way that the internet has absolutely lashed out against Simone Biles and calling her a quitter is absolutely disgusting because that in itself could not be any further from the truth. It couldn't be further from the truth, and it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad that people are are like, well, she's a quitter, she's a quitter, she's a quitter. Well, um, number one, she put her mental health first, not your damn entertainment. So let me ask you this question. If Simone Biles had went on and proceeded to take care of her act and deciding that she was going to proceed and she blew out her knee or ruptured an Achilles or something like that, your response would have been what happened. If she wasn't in the, red, in the right headspace, why did she go? Why did she do it? It is as if that she cannot win, no matter what she does, and it makes me sick. I want to ask this very honest question here. For those of you throwing rocks and throwing stones, what exactly have you done and accomplished? And that could be anything that you are elite at. I'm not talking about something that you're good at. I'm talking about elite. Because... 50 really said it best in one of his songs. You shouldn't be throwing stones if you live in a glass house. And a lot of these people who are criticizing Simone Biles for for withdrawing and whatnot. I mean, I swear, a lot of a lot of you folks are just flat out hilarious. Like truly hilarious. Like, how do you sit here and try to criticize? The best gymnast in the world, if not the best of all time, when more than half of you folks can't even bend, bend over your knee and tie your damn shoelaces. Like, seriously? This is the level that of ridiculousness that we've come to? Come on. Come on. 
Let's not let's not throw stones if you live in a glass house, please. Simone Biles, you are a queen. You are an absolute rock star. You are the goat in your sport. Don't even worry about the naysayers. Don't even worry about the people that are that are criticizing you because, well, you didn't go out there and entertain me. So how dare you stand up for yourself? This is what we've seen time and time and time again. In fact, I put out a tweet a few days ago, and I, and I asked a question. I want to ask you the audience, and I want you to respond to me on Twitter. My question to you is, when you have people like Michael Phelps, Kevin Love, for example, and as well as Robin Leonard, who are applauded for taking a stand on mental health and being open and transparent about it, yet Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles are criticized for being open about the depression, anxiety, and whatever else that they may be dealing with. Why is there a double standard? I want you to honestly answer that. And if you have no experience with dealing with with mental health at all, please do me a favor. Take a seat to the back. Don't you dare begin to talk about anything that you don't have any clue or experience as to what that is like. I don't want to hear what my friend says. My friend has this. No, 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 no. I'm talking about you. You, the individual, do you know what that's like? Do you know the struggles that come along with that? Do you know what it's like to have to get get yourself mentally ready to do some sort of a, a somersault or to do like a, a triple flip? Part of me, if, I, if I'm getting the, the routine wrong or the terminology wrong, but... Do you have any idea what it's like to, to go out on an Olympic stage in the environment that Simone Biles is in and perform with no fans and still have to deal with what she's dealing with? If the answer is no, take a backseat, please. Take a backseat. Because one thing that I really, I'm, I'm really growing to really despise about social media is that social media has given too many people a voice and too many people who fly out don't deserve to have a voice on social media since they want to play online tough, tough guy or online tough woman. It makes me sick. And it, and it bothers me to the core that yet again, a woman, but a woman of color at that is being vilified and crucified and criticized on social media because she decided to put herself first. What is wrong with us as a country? What is wrong with us as a society? Because this is too many times now, within a short period of time, that you have individuals who absolutely have no problem criticizing and throwing under the bus women of color 
who decide to be bold and outspoken and courageous in sharing their struggles on social media. Should I also remind everybody about Serena Williams? That you had individual coons like Jason Whitlock who went out on, on, on TV a few years ago blasting Serena Williams after she came out and admitted that she had been dealing with, with postpartum after nearly losing her newborn daughter while bringing her into this world. And that was just a classic example of, dude, you have no idea, literally no idea what she had been dealing with and what she went through. And it just bothers me deeply that we find ourselves in an age of social media acting like, oh, she quit, or oh, she's weak, or oh, she's this, or oh, she's that, when when more than half of you folks who have the audacity to criticize her have no idea what it's like to have gone through or to deal with what she deals with, especially on the biggest stage of them all, that being the Olympics, take a seat. Coming up next, two teams who have made two major trades and why one particular team made a deal that truly left me speechless. I want to tell you exactly who I'm talking about coming up next right here on The Shoe with Shuka Rights on Pacifica Radio Network as well as On Demand on iHeartRadio. someone struggling with hunger how would you recognize them by their clothes their age the way they speak would you notice a 16 year old boy who got, got his first, first job, job not for extra spending money but to help feed his little sisters or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner or a 14 year old girl who signs up to every after school activity not to make friends but just to get something to eat or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hungered in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. John. We can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. Yeah, I worry about the steps. Perfect world, there are no steps, but he does have steps. And that banister only goes halfway up. 
And all those little throw rugs are falls waiting to happen. So what about his prescription meds? If he forgets and takes them twice, he could get really dizzy. Right. We could get him one of those daily pill counters. And he should have some sturdy hand grips in the bathroom and shower. This is all easy to do. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea. For older people, falling and breaking a hip can be devastating. For more tips on making homes safer, visit orthoinfo.org falls. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Now please, clean the gutters. Just be careful on the ladder. The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. That we have to create a system that's fair, reliable, and just. There are thousands of innocent people in our jails and prisons. It's time for change. We still live in a country where there is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. It created laws that legally segregated black people, marginalized them, deprived them of basic opportunities. We're not free in this country. We're burdened by a long history of slavery. We developed a narrative that black people aren't as good as white people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us. There's something that feels more like equality, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. As a reminder, you could always listen to every edition of the show with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network on demand on iHeartRadio. Type in the Shukri Writes podcast. It is all there. And follow me on social media on Twitter at Shukri Writes at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S on Instagram at S writes radio underscore at S W R I G H T S R A D I O. Now, the Major League Baseball trade deadline came and went, but there were two deals that took place on July 29th that really blew my mind for separate reasons that I will get into throughout this segment. But let's talk. Let's talk about baseball because here we are at the beginning of August and trade deadline came and went. Teams, some teams that are in contention, they may or may not look the same as they did prior to the trade deadline. 
How do you feel about your team? How do you feel about your team's chances to compete for a World Series title? Because that's something that I think that it, it absolutely needs to be asked. It needs to be evaluated in terms of how did your team do? Well, two teams in particular went out and made moves. There are other teams, but there's two teams that I'm specifically looking at and reflecting on, and I'm saying, wow, you talk about showing some serious cojones to make those moves. I'm talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees. Let's start with the New York Yankees first, shall we? Because the New York Yankees, for the season that they have been having up until this point, it's been the type of year where I said, I just don't see this team being a contender this year. I just don't see it. The pitching staff has been a disarray at times. The offense, meh. The offense hasn't been impressive. In fact, it's been in the bottom third of the league for most of the season. So let's look at Joey Gallo, formerly at the Texas Rangers. Because, I mean, goodness grief. I am genuinely stunned that the New York Yankees went out and they acquired Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers. Because, number one, if you had asked me what do the New York Yankees need in terms of how to improve its roster and what they should do for 2021, my first answer is, well, they should be, they should be sellers, not buyers. That's what shocked me more than anything else. Joey Gallo, we went out and got a, a power bat. You went out and you got a guy who has 25 home runs this season, although... This is a guy who hits 220, strikes out a ton, but you went out and you got a power bat that plays first base and third base. And I'm thinking to myself, of all the needs that the New York Yankees have, why get a power bat? Why go and get a guy that has... 30 home run potential, and he's a 30 home run hitter. But my gosh, my goodness, this is a guy that also has a low career batting average. He's a career 211 hitter. And, like, please, I, I, I have a hard time understanding why. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought about Chris Givens playing first base, yeah, no. And then Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt has missed a big part of the 2021 season. And I get that this was a guy that at one point he batted, what, 359 and so forth. But offense at first base was a problem. But it wasn't the only problem for the New York Yankees in 2021. So the Yankees went out and they go out, they go out and acquire Joey Gallo. And I'm like, well, hmm, that's I brow raising to say the least. Like, if you told me that of all the power hitters that, were, that may be available, that was going to be available on the open market, 
that Joey Gallo was going to be the guy that, well, this was going to be someone that the Yankees want to target, I'm in good grief. But here's why I'm going to punch holes in this particular move. This guy strikes out a ton, and I do mean a ton. He already has struck out 125 times in 388 plate appearances this season. I mean, he struck out a career-high 207 times in 2018 in 577 plate appearances. All the while batting at a, at a tune of 206, but yes, I get it. I fully get it. This was also a guy that hit 40 home runs, 92 runs batted in, but strikes out a ton. But, of course, this is what baseball has become. It's become about the home run. They don't care for the strikeout anymore, and that striking out is not a big deal as long as you can provide the offense. And I'm like, listen, did the Yankees acquire a bat that they need in that lineup? Sure. They did. I'll give them that. But adding a guy that strikes out a ton, I'm not sure how that is supposed to help you come the postseason. Because yet again, and I've been making this point since last fall and winter, the New York Yankees need to worry about getting guys that can put the ball in play and, and not rely on the home run. Because I've been saying this for the longest of time. October, you're facing much tougher pitching, and home runs are not going to come as easy as they do during the regular season. Joey Gallo was the first move that the New York Yankees made. I didn't see coming. But this move in particular really left me speechless. And I'm serious. This move that the New York Yankees made on July 29th Left me speechless. They went out and acquired the one and only Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. Because I was just like, wait. They acquired Joey Gallo the day before. And now you're acquiring Anthony Rizzo. And then, then, oh, by the way, the Yankees are sending... Right-handed pitcher Alexander Vizcaino and outfielder Kelvin Alcantara, both minor leaguers, to the Cubs in the trade. I'm stunned. Even as I sit here and I do this show, I am genuinely shocked as to why the Yankees are adding two power bats at the trade deadline, especially given what we have seen from this team this season Thus far, and you think adding two power bats is going to resolve the Yankees' problems? Like, the the Yankees have shown me enough already this season where, okay, I get that they can make a run. They can make a run with August being here now, and you got all of September. Maybe they can make a push for the postseason, but based on what I've seen from the season so far, I'm not sold on this team being good enough to be a playoff team. And should they get to October, how is the pitching going to stack up? What is Brian Cashman going to do in terms of improving the pitching staff? Because the crown jewel of the trade deadline went elsewhere. 
More on that in just a moment. So the Yankees getting Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. Two power bats. Nice, but one guy strikes out a ton. Another guy has had some big moments in the postseason in the past. That remains to be seen. The other team that made big moves at the trade deadline, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But how surprised can we be about the Los Angeles Dodgers going out and making moves? I don't think you can be really shocked, too surprised, considering that they are in the same division as the San Diego Padres, in which, oh, by the way, they just might collide and play against in October. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. The San Francisco Giants, the Padres of San Diego, and the Los Angeles Dodgers, they're all making the postseason. They're all going to make the postseason. The only question is, who's going to win the division? Who is going to be the two wildcard teams? Right now, the two wildcard teams, as it currently stands, is the Padres and the Dodgers. So in this reported blockbuster deal, the Dodgers will, will currently send the Nationals four prospects for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, who they're also trying to acquire as well, right-handed pitcher Josiah Gray, Catcher Cabert Ruiz, right-handed pitcher Gerardo Carrillo, and outfielder Donovan Casey. And by the way, Josiah Gray and Cabert Ruiz were ranked as the Dodgers' top two prospects. That's who they're trading away in order to acquire Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Washington Nationals. The Max Scherzer deal makes sense if they are, in fact, able to pull it off. And I think they are going to be able to pull it off. And they will. They will. And one thing that I think about when you talk about this deal is there's only one reason why that the Dodgers are making this deal. And that is because of the Trevor Bauer situation. Because let's be honest about something here. Trevor Bauer may not even come back at all this season because he's currently on leave on Major League Baseball leave for his sexual assault, a case that's still being investigated by both the local authorities and by Major League Baseball. And the Dodgers are saying, you know what? We're not expecting Trevor Bauer to return at all this year. In fact... What we are going to do is we're going to go out, get an ace that can perform in October. Max Scherzer, if you need any reminders, go back and look at the 2019 World Series Championship run that the Washington Nationals went on. And that's your proof of what Scherzer can do in October. And as well as Trey Turner, who played an, an integral role on that championship team in 2019 for the Nationals. So for the Dodgers, they're saying, we're not going to wait around. We're not going to hope and pray. No, 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 no. We're going to be proactive. We're going to trade away prospects even at the cost of getting the best arm available at the deadline, and that is Max Scherzer, and as well as Trey Turner, who is one of the most underrated shortstops in the game today right now. 
And that's what they did. And I do think that the Dodgers, you got to give them a lot of credit because they could have easily said, you know what, we're going to just stand back, stand pat, and roll with what we already have. But they didn't. They say, hey, you know what, Max Scherzer, we know that you are going to be a free agent after the 2021 season, but your body of work so far this season, 8-4 with a 2.76 earned run average and 19 starts, we're going to trade for you, and we're going to hopefully re-sign you. And here's the thing. Scherzer is owed $35 million in the final year of a seven-year, $210 million contract. But here's the thing. He's earned every penny of that contract. He, he helped deliver a World Series championship to Washington, D.C. But also, it's an important thing to also note here that Scherzer is owed $35 million in the final three years of the contract, but the final three years will be paid in deferrals from 2022 to 2028. So basically over the course of the next six years between 2022 and 2028. That, that's a pretty sweet deal if you ask me. Coming up next, we're going to have an NFL-heavy segment as part of the final segment of this program for this edition of The Shoe with Shipper Rights. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, and give you my overall thoughts on the 2021 NFL training camp now that it is full-blown throttle. That and much more coming up next right here on The Shoe with Shippy Rights on Pacifica Radio Network and on demand on iHeartRadio. sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all of these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig floor for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? (laughs) Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. 
I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on, or this to the treadmill on your wish list, or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. As a reminder, follow me on, on social media, on Twitter, at Shukri Rights, at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. Let me know your thoughts. What do you like, agree, or disagree, dislike? Anything that I have said on this program, tweet at me on Twitter. I'll I'll definitely make sure that I get back to you. Um, hit, follow me on Instagram at s rights radio underscore that's at s w r i g h t s r a d i o. Follow me on social media. Interact with me for the latest updates regarding the shoe with Shukarades on Pacifica Radio Network, which you can also, as a reminder, listen on demand on iHeartRadio. Now, NFL training camp is here, and you know what that means. Back to football, baby. I'm pumped. I am so excited. I mean, tuning into the NFL Network, watching Inside Training Camp Live, oh, man. I And just seeing the guys, I know that they're in shorts right now, you know, like practicing like with the helmets and so forth. For a lot of the teams, they're getting their first new look at their 
you know, their offseason acquisitions, most notably Tennessee Titans, Julio Jones. Seeing him in a Titans uniform is definitely different. But I absolutely liked the move that they made trading for him, bringing him to Nashville to play for the Titans, to play him alongside Ryan Tannehill, who has thrived playing in a Mike Rabel offensive system in Tennessee. And as well as here in New England, the Patriots getting to see Hunter Henry and John O. Smith as a member of the Patriots now um, as they begin to learn the offensive system, the playbook. And I think that that is something that I am excited to see, you know, the new faces and as well as we can't forget about the competition at quarterback for the Patriots. Mac Jones, Cam Newton. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter. Who do you think is going to win the starting job for the New England Patriots as the starting quarterback of this team in 2021 and moving forward? Now, I want to take a quick break and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers, this whole saga between him and the Green Bay Packers has told me an awful lot in terms of Aaron Rodgers, the person. We know who he is as the player, the quarterback, one of the all-time greats, will be, a, will be in the Hall of Fame, no question, but he's also one of the big disappointments in NFL history because he only has that lone Super Bowl. Yes, winning a Super Bowl is an accomplishment, and I'm not going to take it away from Aaron Rodgers. But let's be honest. The truth is, is that he should have more than one. But that's a whole other segment for a whole other show for a whole other day. But watching Aaron Rodgers have this whole back and forth between him and the Green Bay Packers organization this entire offseason, in a way, it's kind of made me grotesque of Rodgers, if you will. And here's my reason why. Aaron Rodgers is a grown man. And grown men ought to handle business and responsibilities in a mature way in which that if there's a problem or a concern, you go and you handle it with that individual in person. Now, I'm going to go on the other side of the fence and say that the Green Bay Packers are not free from fault in this whole saga either. You see, one of my big philosophies in sports is, is that if you are an organization and you have a star and a star that transcends the sport you make sure that you listen to that star, that you listen to his needs. Not saying that you cater to every single need and demand that this individual has, but rather what you do is you make sure that he is a part of the conversation. You make sure that he is a part 
or what the team plans to do moving forward. You don't leave him in the dark. So I'm going to start there, but I'm going to go a little deeper because that whole back and forth between Aaron Rodgers and the media at the beginning of their training camp was quite telling. It was quite telling to watch a man-child absolutely look look the part of someone who knows he has angered a loyal fan base who has done nothing but support that man for the last 16 years, 13 of which that you've been the starter in Green Bay as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And I look at Aaron Rodgers and I really begin to wonder, Rodgers, what exactly is your problem? If, and I do mean if, your issue had been that the organization did not listen to you or did not make you an integral part of the decision-making process, do you and I a favor and get out of your feelings. Get out of your feelings. You are not entitled, even though you are the franchise quarterback, but you're not entitled to diddly squat. You're not entitled to get everything your way. This one case in which that the Packers went out and they acquired Randall Cobb from the Houston Texans because Aaron Rodgers made that made that recommendation. Okay, that I understand. But Aaron Rodgers has to understand that that is rather the rarity, not the norm. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, if he honestly feels this way about the Green Bay Packers and them not listening to his wants or, or his recommendations or wherever else that may be, has he not paid attention to how the New England Patriots treated Tom Brady in New England for 20 years? Has he not paid to any sort of attention to how Bill Belichick treated Brady? And if so, how could he possibly have thought that he, Aaron Rodgers, was going to receive any sort of preferential treatment in that regard? That's not realistic. That was never going to be the case. Yet again, I give him props. And I shouldn't even have to give him props for doing what he, what he was supposed to do in the first place. And that is show up to training camp. You're still under contract. It wasn't about the money. But my point isn't about the money. It's about how he conducted himself this entire spring and half the summer so far. But he's in training camp now, so I give him that credit. But here is the reality of the situation. And the reality is Aaron Rodgers has done a lot more damage in the last six months in Green Bay than good. And I'm willing to bet that at first he's going to hear it 
in Green Bay. But then I'm sure those boos will turn into cheers because let's face it, the Packers are one of the teams in the NFC that do have a legitimate shot of going to the Super Bowl, and that is because of its quarterback. I mean, after all, it does help to have an Aaron Jones in your backfield. But as far as Devontae Adams is concerned, that remains to be seen. Now, going back into an overall overview of training camp across the NFL so far, I do wonder how the Miami Dolphins are going to handle the Xavier Howard contract situation. Because let's be honest, they need him. They need him in that secondary. It's one of the big burning questions that the Miami Dolphins have in the 2021 regular season. And another one is, is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. How is he going to do in his second season? And also, how much faith does the Miami Dolphins truly have in Tua? Although the Miami Dolphins went 10-6 and six last season and that he was the fifth overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft out of University of Alabama, I do wonder what's the temperature in Miami? How much trust does Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, have in Tua and, being, and making sure that he is going to be put in the best position to succeed? And then you got... The situation with the San Francisco 49ers, because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the quarterback saga that they got going on out there, I am going to be monitoring that like a hawk. I mean, you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he still going to be the starter of the San Francisco 49ers after the season that he had in which he got injured early? And then you also have Trey Lance, who was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in the first round. And you talk about some of the things that he is going to have to overcome in order to win the starting job because I don't think that Kyle Shanahan is going to give him that job outright. But what I do believe is that the San Francisco 49ers, here we are in 2021, they find themselves in a little bit of a conundrum at the quarterback position. But, man, when you talk about the quarterback position – No team is going to benefit more from having its starting quarterback return than the Dallas Cowboys. Because let me tell you something. Dak Prescott returning for the Cowboys after that gruesome ankle injury that ended his season, I'm telling you, it's going to be a big difference maker for an NFC least division that absolutely was putrid in 2020. Dak Prescott may very well be the best quarterback in the division right now. And you got to believe that if you are a Cowboys fan and if you are thinking to yourself, I think that the Cowboys have a pretty good chance as any other team in the NFC East, then you're not wrong. But there is concern regarding Dak Prescott's shoulder injury in terms of his status for the preseason. Because according to Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com staff writer, in fact, the Cowboys have said 
specifically from Stephen Jones, who is the Cowboys' chief operating officer. He expects Prescott to play in at least one preseason game of the four that are on the schedule. And I think Dak Prescott absolutely needs to play in a preseason game to get hit, to you know, to get that mental that that mental um, comfort of getting hit again from behind and so forth. Can he get back up? Because it's psychological at this point, not so much physical in terms of overcoming that last hurdle regarding his his road back from that gruesome injury that he had that ended his 2020 season. Now, another team that I'm really interested in seeing how they are going to fare this season is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because I I really do think that the AFC North is not going to be a runaway division as I expect three teams to be competing for playoff spots out of that division. And And I mentioned the Steelers already being one of them. The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns. The same Cleveland Browns team that made it to the postseason last season and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC wildcard round. I wholeheartedly believe that the Browns, they are going to be one of the wildcard teams this season. And I also believe that if you are in the AFC West, right now, the division is the Kansas City Chiefs to lose. Their offensive line is returning back healthy, something that they did not have entering Super Bowl 55 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This upcoming preseason slate of games starting back up in about a week's time, I'm genuinely fired up and excited to get the first look of all 32 teams with its preseason roster, with players in new places, or as the old saying goes, familiar faces in new places. This is an exciting time for an NFL fan. I'm excited. And as I told someone this past week, that in my mind, football season's back. It's training camp. But for me, football season has started. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of The Shoe with Shooky Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Shooky Rights, at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. And on Instagram, at S Rights Radio, S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O underscore. I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.